Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, all you dog-loving peeps out there. Tom Davis here, America's canine educator. Welcome back to the award-winning, chart-topping No Bad Dogs podcast, the podcast where we love, live, and of course work with dogs. You guys are the absolute freaking best listening to me every single day. Uh, I made it a podcast. Obviously, you're listening to it today. And it's a really great one. It's about everything from working on how to introduce the e-collar. And I really, honestly, guys, if you guys watch my videos and you're interested in e-collar or you want to get better or you want to learn more about it or you're, you hate them, I, I would listen to this podcast because this is literally a step-by-step tutorial on how the e-collar introduction should be used, especially for off-leash recall which is the majority of why people get them in the first place so this is great it also goes over dealing with food-based reward-based systems of of training and how much that can dilute your relationship and make things a lot worse than they already were so just making sure you have that balance and making sure your dog understands positively and foundationally what behaviors are instead of doing a circus getting what they want and then walking away so this is a great podcast i really enjoyed it it's with one of my onlines. Before I jump into this, guys, I want to let you know, uh, for the first time on this podcast, I'm announcing that I am doing a seminar in New York City, April 23rd through the 24th. Um, I announced it on my uh, Instagram stories, um, and there are some tickets left. We have working spots, and we have audit spots. Uh, working spots are going to be for the full weekend, coming with your dog plus a guest, and then the audit spots are per person per day. You guys can find that on my uh, my website. I'm going to leave it in the description below. <laughs> I'll just leave it in the description below. You guys can come and hang out with me April 23rd and 24th. Uh, we have people from, I don't even think one person from New York has actually signed up out of the 50 people who, well, close to 50 people who have signed up already. 
Um, so anyway, I hope to see you guys there. It's going to be really fun. We're going to be going over a bunch of things. The event is called A Weekend with Tom Davis, and I'm going to leave the description below. I hope to see you guys there. Let's get on with the podcast. On the he, Yeah, he doesn't have any like crazy behavioral problems, but he doesn't – like he pulls on the leash – and um, I also really want to just um, – I, I want to train him so he can go off leash eventually. And uh, I, I feel like I bought a lot of stuff in the beginning, um, and I didn't, like, maybe purchase things in a smart way and sort of just, like, put money into things. And um, But I just I, – I don't know. I feel like I need to, like, zoom out, prioritize, understand the sequence of what to do when, and um, – um, the like larger goal is to try to get him off leash. And, um, I had like one consultation with a trainer and she advised me to purchase a Dogtra. And so I have the Dogtra 200 C, but, um, uh, I haven't used it and I haven't done anything with it. So, um, anyway, so that's like what I would love to talk to you about. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That sounds good. Um, what's your dog's name? His name's Earl. I love that. Yeah. And I love, one. I also love, you know, I look at things the same way is zooming out on a macro. I do that a lot, um, just mm -hmm. in life in general, but in, in dog training in particular, because I think we get so tedious with ourselves and so like overwhelmed yeah. with every little step where it's like, why don't you just zoom out and try to reconfigure? So I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And I, I also got him, I mean, I got him <clears throat> um, right before my mom died. And so I've, I've been kind of like overwhelmed. And now I'm like in a place where I'm like, okay, sure. Like I'm feeling better. I'm ready. I'm, I'm like ready to dedicate time to him. So anyway, so nice. uh, yeah. another reason why like the zoom out is helpful. Cause yeah. Just reset my foggy, my foggy brain has like passed. So sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. Great. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, uh, how old is Earl? He's four. Cool. Mm -hmm. And he's a bull, yeah. bull terrier? Yeah, he's part bull terrier, part um, – I totally did the DNA test. Um, he, the uh, He's like 38% American pit bull terrier, and, cool. uh, and he's an American Staffordshire terrier. So he's like a double bully, triple <laughs> terrier or something. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so lots of, yeah. lots of prey mm -hmm. drive, I would assume. Lots of uh, wanting mm -hmm. to chase stuff. Um, yes. Okay. He like when there's a ball at the dog park, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh shit, this dog <laughs> is just gonna like, hold on to it forever and not yeah. give it up. So, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. So what have you mm -hmm. done? What have you done so far? That helps a lot to 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 let me f move forward. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So I haven't. I mean, I haven't done much other than like I walk him three times a day. I I I just started like doggy daycare just to like because he's an active dog and I just wanted him to be able sure. to like have a little bit more time. Um, and it's been cold outside and, you know, so anyway, but, um, I, I have like, um, I bought like a leash that helps kind of rein him in a little bit more. Um, but, uh, to be told, like truth be told, he seems to just do better walking with just like the collar. Um, but the thing I got was like a harness and like, you know, you hook it in the front and hook it in the back and so that's just in case, like, um, I take him to meet up with friends or something like that because he can kind of rein it in a little bit more, you know? But, um, yeah, because he's easily distracted. And the other thing is, like, yeah, and then there's, like, 
you get back to Brooklyn and there's like food on the street and he wants mm-hmm. to eat the street random street meat and shit like that. So anyway, so I just want to, I wanted to like be able to rein him in a little bit more. And so that's what I have. And then I have the dog truck and um, I mean, that's probably about it. I haven't really done that much in terms of like training with him. Okay. Not really. But your, go- mm-hmm. your goal is, is the off leash, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll focus, yes. we'll focus on that. Um, you know, because a lot of the, the e-collar is such a powerful, so, go ahead. Oh, he also doesn't know many commands other than no and quiet and, um, uh, e- easy and, um, come. Yeah. Okay. That's about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So with the e-collar, it's, it has so many variations. It's a very powerful tool. So you can do a lot of cool stuff with it, but I okay. would say, Primarily, um, dog owners are just interested in in the uh, recall. I mean, they see an off leash tool, right. they're like, "Recall makes sense." I've done a couple of videos on just that, but yeah, mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. you know, the introdu- introduction phases is 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 interesting. So I'll walk you through uh, the process of what I think you should be doing and how you should do it. Um, okay. So typic- typically, what I do is. You know, with it with a Dogja two hundred C, it doesn't have the actual um, it doesn't have the actual uh, numbers that you can see digitally. It has the spin, the yeah, the little dial. Um, so that's okay, but you want to keep it low. So you want to bump. No, it, it, ha- it does have a it has like a zero to a hundred. Right, but it's not dial. digital. No. Oh, oh, okay. Right. So the okay, the right. digital reader tells you exactly what number you're at. I have used the two hundred C. Some people really mm-hmm. like it. Um, it's just a, right a step below the 280C, um, but it doesn't give you the actual exact number. You don't really know oh. where you're at exactly. Okay. So, okay. Um, which is okay. Yeah. I would um, mm-hmm. just keep it low. So I would just bump it mm-hmm. off the, the bottom just a little bit. And um, like you're in a little studio uh, there, like in your home. And so that's a yeah. perfect place to start. You don't have to use a leash because um, it's going to become a currency game, essentially. The currency game is then going to switch uh, at some point to a a punishment game at some point. And I'll explain what that means. So when you're doing recall, uh, so Earl come in the house, you're going to be using the, con- the the nick or the continuous. The continuous I like to use to get uh, just until the dog commits. So mm-hmm. say he's at the other end of your place and you say, Errol, come, mm-hmm. and you hold continuous. I usually hold that button down until the dog commits to me. So if I can hear him scattering on the hardwood floor towards me, I shut it off. If I see him actively coming towards me, I shut it off. Um, and And then there's... There, some dogs become opportunistic where they feel the pressure, they they turn on their jets and they come towards you, and then they diverge because, oh, wait, here's uh, something over here. And then I turn it back on. And so if that happens okay. continually, I just hold the continuous on until the dog actually gets to you. Mm-hmm. If they get, like, distracted by something. Right, and if it's okay. if it's habitual and it happens all the time, you're like, okay, I'm just going to hold this on until he gets to me. And that's why, you know, dog training, there's no, there's no book on it. There's no master class on it of, of like, this is exa- this is the only way to, to do this. I mean, there's competitive levels of obedience that have rules and regulations and exact measurements. But when we're just training right, our dog right. to do what we want, it's up to us. Right. Okay. 
So I yeah. typically will tell a dog to come. And like I said, if they're constantly kind of breaking that recall because they get distracted, I'll just hold the continuous until they get to exactly where we want them. Okay. Gotcha. Does that make sense? But in the yeah. beginning, mm -hmm. but in the beginning, it's Earl come, hold continuous. He starts to come to you. Yes, good come. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and again, you're going to be doing mm -hmm. this. So, so there's two things here. Is the most important thing is is you're tying in the stimulation from the recall exactly when your when your verbal comes out. So kind of mm -hmm. like you say it. So you're doing it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're holding continuous down as you tell him to do something. So he's feeling that sensation, and he's mm -hmm. and he's responding to that sensation. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think um, I watched one of your videos, and you did a good description of like it sounded like a it's sort of like an extended like hey come here That's like right. sort of like extended you know sort of emphasis of my voice in a way or That's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Well, you, if okay. you think about communication, especially for dogs. Mm -hmm. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh, there's so many different levels of communication. Mm -hmm. So instead of Earl, right, with our verbal, we're tying in Earl with mm -hmm. a low-level stimulation. Yeah. This is the hard part for a lot of people who are completely against the e-collars because they don't understand the foundation of the conditioning levels that are appropriate and or accessible to the remote collar modern remote collar training yeah right and mm -hmm. and i can promise you promise you having a conversation with somebody who's really open-minded but hates the e-collar if i explain it in that way i've i've never had anybody go i still don't like it because uh -huh. But there's people who, right. you know, just like it's politics, right? It's the left. It's the right. It's mm -hmm. the whatever. It's I hate them for them. Even if their policies are good, I still hate them because it's them, right? So there's those mm -hmm. people. But I guess my point is, is and I, I talk about these things because it's such a big part of, no. uh, you know, using yeah. tools. I've watched your videos about it. And I yeah, that's why I was like interested mm -hmm. in getting one is like I, I didn't. I, you know, I, I just don't, yeah, I want him to be yeah. safe and um, so, I don't, it, it seems like it's an irritation. It's not, it doesn't hurt him. So, yeah. And, and it's really, yeah. It, and mm -hmm. it's, it, so anyway, so, so what you're doing is, is even mm -hmm. at the low levels, it's, it's, it's like, it's such a low stimulation. It's not even an irritation. It's not like, like, um, a bee sting mm -hmm. would be like, a, you know, like an irritation or, or, uh, or mm -hmm. whatever. Like this is such mm -hmm. a low level that they just, they're like, huh, I wonder what that is. So. What you're doing is is you're you're simultaneously going in, and you're using that low level stimulation at the same time you're asking the dog to do a behavior, and it doesn't matter if it's come sit down heel or whatever. And what happens is is just like you said before is he's he's going to respond because dogs are really intelligent. Mm -hmm. They're going to start. They're going to start matching and associating that low-level stimulation with your verbal cue. At first, they're not going to really know what it is, and they're not going to care because it's low. They're just going to feel it a little bit. It's kind of like if we were walking mm -hmm. with shoes on and we stepped on a bigger rock than normal. We're not really even. We're, we're going to know that it <coughs> happened, but we're not going to. We're not going to really mm -hmm. correlate. Like, oh, that was different, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're doing this at the same time, and so you're. Your overall goal as a handler in these steps is to 
correlate the actual sensation and the stimulation with the remote collar to your voice. So the dog knows that it's coming from you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so mm-hmm. on the low, and I, and this is another test that I've done that I'm actually doing uh, again, a, a social experiment, which is going to be really fun where I'm going out in the streets and I'm testing over a hundred people on what level they feel the remote collar because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like proving people wrong and, or mm-hmm. helping people understand equipment by using experimental facts from strangers (laughs) so it's not Uh my opinion it's not my opinion anymore so that that low level my point is this is that low level is associated with the recall earl come low level stem Mm -hmm. earl come low level Mm -hmm. stem and Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i always like to say that my proofing system for recall and Mm -hmm. in in a very and this is the first level of distractions which would be your home inside mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. going on right right earl comes right. stimulation earl comes stimulation earl comes stimulation earl comes stimulation it's conditioning mm-hmm. right it's mm-hmm. it's conditioning mm-hmm. your phone rings mm-hmm. you're conditioned to know that it's somebody's on the other end the doorbell goes off somebody's on the other end somebody taps yeah, you yeah, on yeah. your shoulder somebody's tapping you they want your attention no totally oh i'm a uh, i'm a therapist uh, psychologist so I don't about about conditioning. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, it makes sense. So yeah, same so. thing. You're just mm-hmm. you got to get mm-hmm. low enough mm-hmm. where the dog mm-hmm. isn't being. It's not an aversive to them at that level. It's not a correction. It's not a punishment. It's not a holy crap. It's right. just. It's just an it's, it's, Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just there. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. again, it's mm-hmm. just like your cell phone. Like it, I always yeah. tell people, if you if you put a iPhone in a alien's pocket. They're gonna be like, "What the heck is this?" Until they figure out how to how to answer it. So it's yeah, right. so over time they feel it. They go, "Oh, this is that. This is that." So it's a conditioning uh, system. Now, yeah. again, you're doing this on low levels. To in in the, the mm-hmm. e collar stimulation is the exact same technology and the same exact sensation as a tens unit. Same exact thing as mm-hmm. as as tens unit. So when you turn it on, you're matching Earl come, he comes, Earl come, he comes. So my proofing system is doing that maybe for three days inside, uh-huh. same time. Okay. And you can do that four times within an hour, every hour. You just, you're just conditioning. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to overdo it because then it becomes pretty diluted. Um, I always like to use motivation too. So when he gets to you, you could pay him with something, you know, nothing crazy, not like a huge bone or a huge treat, just a little something to say yeah. that was good. So you're in for, okay. you're reinforcing uh-huh. that. Like, mm-hmm. I want that to be reinforced. I want, I want, I'm encouraging that. Right. So okay. now, so, so okay. then what I do is, and again, you'll, you'll understand this cause you understand conditioning is he's at the end of the room. Earl, come, recall. Earl, come, recall. Stimulation, stimulation, stimulation at the same time. He just feels it. He's, he's starting to associate that recall with you. And my proofing mechanism mm-hmm. is I turn the remote collar on and I don't say anything and see how he responds. Okay. If he's mm-hmm. conditioned to the way that I want him to conditioned, where he's responsive on the recall, you'll turn it on and he'll come right to you and you say, <coughs> yes, good come, and you pay him. That's when you know... Because that's a question I get often is, when do you know? That's when I know that the dog yeah. understands the yeah. pressure. Does that right. make sense? Gotcha. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, how how much would you recommend doing it before you? Um, how many times would you recommend like doing the stimulation before you turn it off and see? Yeah, yeah. if he'll do it anyway. Mm -hmm. I um um it. I don't know. I, I guess like on average, like day three, try that. Oh, okay. Yeah, like right. do it every day, multiple times a day until day three. Every dog is different. Yeah. I mean, so many dogs are different, so it's hard to say. But you know, to to play it safe in like a, I guess in a clinical type of environment of like what would be the norm or the average of like a dog learning mm -hmm. on this curve, it would be like three days. But I've had dogs do it in like a day. But okay. But the overall goal is is to make sure the dog understands that when they feel mm -hmm. that little tingle on their neck, that that means come to you. Mm -hmm. So they're conditioned. And then what you do is you move and you take that template and you just move it mm -hmm. to a different environment. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. You get your, you get your, there's a couple things that are going to change when you do, uh, I, I call it copy and paste. So when you copy and paste that to a different environment and that could be a hallway, it could be mm -hmm. a side yard, uh, uh, gr uh, parking garage. But whenever you change that environment to something a little bit more distracting, then you're going to start changing things up just a little bit. So you're going to be using mm. maybe um, like a 15 or 30 foot long line. So then when you go out, okay. you let them out and you do the same thing. But now you're, you're going back down to the basics of Earl come. So you go Earl come, stimulation, he comes to you, you pay him, you give him a break. And so you just keep doing that until you then can drop the long line completely. And then he's just recalling every single time. And you do the same system. Okay, now you're out, uh, let's say, in a parking garage or a, a tennis court where there's not a lot going on, and he's responding to the recall every single time. Mm -hmm. That means he's understanding the pressure from the remote caller sensation, and he also understands recall entirely. So mm -hmm. once you have that foundation and that basic of like, oh, I feel this, that means I come home. I feel this, that means I come home. So you're basically homing him you're like you tap it he comes you tap it he comes you tap it he comes and he, then he's associating the recall with that so what's the point because the question mm -hmm. is the question i usually get mm -hmm. um and i love this mm -hmm. question of well my dog can do that without the remote collar and the idea is is you're right when you're doing this whole conditioning process mm -hmm. my dog your dog a lot of people's dogs will <coughs> do this without the e-collar because it's like that's so unnecessary but here's the thing is if you truly want your dog to be off leash and i mean off leash yeah yeah you need that system and you need that communication because i always ask this very simple question and, and it's what are you going to do if your dog decides to chase the squirrel instead of come back to right. you yeah totally it's a currency yeah. game you, then you're screwed right. So, mm -hmm. you know, or, or, you know, enter the mix of anything else, depending on where you live, you know, polar bear, mm -hmm. freaking bobcat, whatever, squirrel, homeless mm -hmm. man, who cares? Mm -hmm. But the point is, is as soon as they are completely off leash and you say, come, they go, that's more important. Now your e-collar comes in because now you have yeah. technology that can right. rise those levels up and communicate to him where he goes, oh, oh, yeah, I forgot. Because what happens is, is once they start chasing that thing, or maybe they're just into that thing, or they're not responsive, just like us, when we get stimulated, or we get excited, or we're in a new environment, it's going to be different from you and I talking here. Like, if all of a sudden we insert ourselves into Madison Square Garden at a Pearl Jam concert, 
my communication is going to have to be elevated. I'm going to have to talk louder, right. closer, right? So right. it's the same thing. Right. It's a, and it's going to be harder to get your attention, right? So it's the same exact yeah. thing. No, that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But but that's that's where the rubber meets the road. And I think a lot of people have that. I think that that's the disconnect. Is like okay, I can probably, especially if it's for food and your dog is food motivated, you can do all of this without the e collar. And of course you can. That's what dog training mm-hmm. is. But you're adding technology onto it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and also having him in the city versus like getting him in the suburbs, it's just very, you know, it's just clear how, you know, when when I was walking him in my mom's neighborhood, it was like there was no distractions and he was like on the leash and he wasn't pulling and he was listening to me. And then you get to the city and it's like now everybody has a dog because of COVID. So there's like, you know, it's just there's just like so many things for him to be distracted by. So anyway, that makes total sense. I want it to be like as foolproof as possible. Yeah. Um, and so it keeps him safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, and that's what it's about mm-hmm. is once he understands that that stimulation and that mm-hmm. stem from you represents, I'm, I'm honing you in, I'm beaconing you, I'm talking to you mm-hmm. and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but, and then he goes, and he goes, Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. it causes mm-hmm. that. So that stimulation again, just like a tens unit. And we've done mm-hmm. this before in videos as we put it on. And it's not like this electricity and this shocking and this whole, it just gets intense. (laughs) You're like, whoa, you know what I mean? Right. So it just gets intense and then they go up and they literally just tilt their head a little bit. They go, my bad. And then they come back and then you go back down. Yeah. And so that little second, and of course it's a correction and aversive and it's unpleasant for the dog. But at the same time, the ROI of having your dog off leash versus that half a second of discomfort is uncomparable. In reality, right? right? He's right. spending right. every day off leash in a trail or at the park or whatever. And then that one time he decides to chase the squirrel or chipmunk or bicyclist and you you give him that discomfort because he didn't listen. So it's not like you're correcting him out of nowhere because then he would actually just run faster away from you. He knows what he did right. wrong. So you, you have to look at the, you know, the, like you said, macro, way bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really how you, you do that. Um mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. the levels, the levels of the e collar, are very mm-hmm. dependent on the dog, but mm-hmm. I would say on your collar or on your your remote, uh, it goes zero to twenty, I think, right on the dial. There's not a ten. Yeah, no, there's like a up to hundred. It's like zero to hundred. Right, but mm-hmm. from the number from zero, what's the next number after zero? Twenty. Oh, tw- 20. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, there's like it's in the increments of 20. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's like a bigger dot, I think, in between, which would probably represent 10. So yep. you're going to be like between that zero and that 10 mark. But I have I haven't had many dogs conditioned past 10 ever. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be right in that area. And a lot of questions that we get is how do you find your dog's level? And that is a little bit mm-hmm. more difficult. And you have to, and that's where experience comes in. That's why the introduction of, of the e-collar with a professional who's done it hundreds or thousands of times yeah, will know th- those levels. And so yeah. yeah, what you want is try to spend a little bit of time getting to know those levels. So what I do is, again, and that stimulation is not, again, and I, and I, know, I know that you know, but it's not like going right. to freak him out. It's just going to, he's just going to tilt his head and go, oh, I wonder what that is. Sometimes you can hear, you can see their, their, ear flick or they'll start blinking like you know because they're just trying to figure out where that stimulation is 
And mm-hmm. so you want to go right below that level. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll is I'll put a dog on a on a leash, or if you're in a controlled environment like your place there, yeah. is you just let them kind of roam around and you put it on and you just you start off like on those levels. And you'll you'll tell like once he starts feeling that sensation, he's not gonna scream and jump and run away. He's just gonna be like interested. He's like, mm, Oh, that's mm-hmm. weird. What's it's just the same mm-hmm. thing as it's the same exact thing as if somebody put it on us for the first time. We didn't have any idea right. what it was. You know, like if yeah. we get a if we get a kink in our neck or something, we're like, Wonder mm-hmm. what and we start mm-hmm. we start actually physically mm-hmm. paying attention to that area of like, what's this? Mm-hmm. You wanna go right below that where it's not that intense for him to actually physically show you that he's trying to figure that out you want to go right below that where he just barely feels it and um Mm -hmm. so i would say on your your remote it would be between that zero and ten okay and Mm -hmm. uh just start there yeah and just start there yeah and the next question i Mm -hmm. usually get is what level should you go up when he isn't listening and he understands the remote because that's that's the advantage of having that remote collar is mm-hmm. again oh okay good your dog comes back to you your dog loves you your dog loves hot dogs and cheese but what's going to happen when they're chasing a you know a, a squirrel and so um so what i do is and i'm not going to put my dog in a situation first of all that they're not prepared for so he's got to know earl has to know yeah. exactly how to do this before you set him up in a situation where you're going to be in that situation <coughs> okay so what you're going to do is you're I, I like to just turn the turn the dial up and just wait for the dog to respond. And they're going to be ignoring, ignoring, screw you, screw you, screw you. Okay, I'm coming back. And then you go right back down. And that's it. And you'll see that progression. And you just take your finger, your thumb, and you just slowly go up in, in levels. Mm. And then you'll notice. like, and, I, and, I've, and I've done that a couple times in some videos where the dog's Going out, going out, going out, smelling, 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 and a lot of times it's not about ignoring you, and sure. it's and it's not mm-hmm. about I don't care. A lot of times you got to think that they're dogs, especially early. He's a terrier. His nose is going to be going. He's going to be sniffing. He's it's kind of like when we days out and we're really like focusing on like wow, and you're like daydreaming, and then all of a sudden somebody's like hey, and you're like oh my bad. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, so it's, it's very similar to a point where he may not even hear you or feel anything because his mm. dopamine and his, there's hormones going flying off in his brain. And, and then all of a sudden that those levels get in and then he goes, Oh my bad. And he comes back. So gotcha. your numbers will change and rise depending on your environmental situations. It's normal for yeah. that to happen. So if he's okay. listening with nothing going on at the house on a three and you go outside and pe- people do that all the time. They're like, he doesn't listen to the three. I'm like, he probably can't even feel the three outside. Mm-hmm, it's just such a mm-hmm. different environment, mm-hmm. especially for an animal. So your yeah. conditioning levels, which are levels we're going to use to never correct with just to condition, mm-hmm. um, are going to evolve and change depending on. So if you're inside, four. If you're outside, maybe an eight, maybe double. Mhm. Mhm. I gotcha. Okay. So, and then you're also saying, um, so, and then slowly, kind of just introducing, like, upping the environment too. Yes. Just like in terms of like starting in my apartment first, and then maybe like go to the car park or like go, and then if that how that go, see how that goes, and then like slowly introduce like more stimulation, like outside stimulation. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah just, right. just like okay. any, just like anything mm-hmm. else, right? Like, 
running, mm-hmm. lifting weights, swimming, you're going to start small and you're going to build. You can't just, I want to learn to run today. Let's do 10 miles. Probably not going to work. You got to incrementally, yeah. you got to incrementally build your duration, uh, depending on your environment. Right. Okay. Gotcha. And then you mentioned something about the leash, I think about 15 to 30 foot long line. So do, should I get like, um, uh, different, yeah. Should I get like leashes that are different lengths, um, for, for his training as well? Yeah. Let me explain what, what I mean, what I, Mm -hmm. the goal of those long lines, the goal of those long lines are to help navigate the dog physically when they're unsure of what the simulation still is. So when you're in a parking garage and mm-hmm. he, you, because when you say Earl come and he kind of ignores you because he's not sure, but the what the e collar is, you don't want to go up in the e collar yet because you're not ready for that yet. Obviously, you you know mm. the first the first week week and a half you're not going to ever go up past your conditioning levels because it's not fair. He doesn't know why he's getting that extra pressure. So gotcha. I like using the long line for emergency cases just in case you need to step on it because he's not prepared because you're in you're you're in between right. You're in between that like learning phase and, you know, you're almost at the deep end, but you still got your, Mm. your, your little floaties on because you're just not there yet. Mm -hmm. So it's the, Mm -hmm. it's the same, it's the same process. So the long line is there for emergencies, but it's also there to help with that pressure without going up on the e-collar prematurely. So (laughs) it it doesn't really matter exactly what sizes you get. Sometimes the 30 footer is too long for people. They just get completely lost and tripped up in it. And then other times the 15 foot is just a little bit more ideal because it keeps the dog a little closer. Um, You could also use a flexi. The only problem with the flexi is, is it's constantly putting pressure on the dog. You don't have the option to just completely eliminate it. The retractables. Mm -hmm. Cause it's, Mm -hmm. there is pressure on that pulley system as the dog's going out. There's still a little pressure on that collar. Mm-hmm. And I like to be a little bit more realistic to have the long line on and just drop it just in case. So I don't really hang on to it often. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's more of just a, a, um, a safety thing. So if you're, if you're yeah. in a recall and he's having a hard time because, because here's what happens. Let me give you a perfect example. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I've, I've graduated from step one. He's recalling a hundred percent of the time we go to step two. I'm outside. And then all of a sudden a squirrel comes into the mix. I'm not ready for that. Neither is he in that training process. So therefore I'm going to use a very native pressure, like the, the actual physical pressure, right. Uh, Of the uh leash to get him back to me in association and conjunction with the remote collar. But I'm not going to go up in my e-collar yet because he's not prepared for that pressure yet. That's all. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, does it matter what collar he's like I'm using yeah, necessarily? Yeah, it does. Okay. It does because you want you mm-hmm. want to you want to so, so so there's another thing that I do is inside when I'm working on healing because this is something and I know that you're more interested in recall but the healing exercises with the remote is is also something that we run into this is I switch people to either the D ring <laughs> on the prong collar so the prong collar doesn't correct or I switch to a flat collar or a martingale collar and what you're doing is try not to use the, because when I say use your remote and people turn and they pop the dog with the leash, you're not using your remote. You want the dog to respond to the pressure of the remote collar, right? If we are speaking yeah, different uh-huh. languages and I'm going, I'm going in, like a different language, right? And then I switch to native language or they're like, oh, and they turn around. It doesn't help. It doesn't help you understand that. So that's, that's uh-huh. what you're doing with that barrier of the e-collars. You're trying to teach them the pressure of the e-collar and how to shut it off. So it's a very, mm. cl- it's a very classic form of escape training. 
as soon as the dog complies to that pressure, again, tapping you on the shoulder, you turn around, hello, right? You've conditioned that way. So it's the same exact thing. So you got to be careful um, what collars you're using in conjunction with that because you don't want to take away from the actual pressure of the e-collar. Uh, okay. So gotcha. if you're correcting okay. with the prong or a slip or something that's, you know, hey, getting the dog's attention, you're not utilizing and actually progressing with the remote collar pressure because you're using something else. Mm. So okay, it's a yeah, good question. Gotcha. So I, okay. I usually just stick to something that doesn't really have action. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Um, okay. So uh, also, do I need to, I mean, is there merit to like trying to teach him some commands too, other than the yeah. pretty limited ones that I've, that he knows? Because I mean, I'm sure there is like, just in terms of like trying to get him to, um, <clears throat> just, um, yeah, like, so, yeah. I, I, anyway, so, mm-hmm. um, wanted to ask you about that. Yes. Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so the, so the e-collar, how to do, yeah, he won't sit. I tried the sitting stuff from, videos and stuff online but he just jumps at the treat so right so you, yeah and so he's you, got some pause yeah so you just have to be uh the answer is yes uh but but that's kind of separate so you i always tell people that we're okay. not we're not really in we're not um introducing new behaviors with the remote collar although you can we're really enforcing pre-existing behaviors just um right wirelessly right because it got takes it. it takes a little bit more skill and handling um handling abilities to teach new behaviors with the remote collar with the pressures and things like that. So you could do it. I'm not saying it because I have done it, but it's just, um, I, I, the same thing with the sit. So yes, I would be working on the sit and other things like the place command and the sit are both really good ways to introduce the recall uh, the e-collar as well. Cause it's a very clear ground is lava type thing. So I say Earl place and he knows place really well. And I apply that continuous pressure. He gets there and it shuts off again. And again, this is the this is the fr- the frustrating thing of people who who don't necessarily agree with the collars is that you could I could do that without that. So could I. So could you. So could so could everybody. That's not the point. The point is is once I'm three football fields away and I say Earl Place and he decides to say what are you going to do about it from there and I'm able to give him that pressure, he's familiarized himself with that communication and knows how to shut it off. Mm-hmm. So and then. Yeah, I, I think you were saying you said in the uh, in your videos too that like um, it's not fair to like try to use the e collar yet. I think I mean I'm, I'm just paraphrasing you, and I could be wrong, but that he ha- you have to kind of teach him the language first in order to reinforce the behavior. Like um, yeah, so for how, so I guess I was thinking about like how to teach him the language of or how to teach him place. Mm-hmm before reinforcing it with the collar right do you know like yeah. um and and just that sequence um and how to kind of go about that yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly um you don't mm-hmm. want to correct a dog for something they don't know how to do so right yeah exactly yeah you know same mm-hmm. thing with people like oh my dog pulls in the leash teach him heal your dog jumps on people teach him off your dog won't come back teach him come counter conditioning obedience mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. same thing mm-hmm. with the place, for an example. I, if your dog is food motivated, it's the best way to start teaching place. And to be honest with you, I I will introduce place with the remote collar because it, it, it puts a little gas pedal on that. It really helps mm. with that pressure if you're, if you're skillful enough and comfortable enough with using that. So mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I do is I, I get a regular training leash out and I, I put it on him and I say, Earl, place. And they're like, give me the food, give me the food, give me the food, give me the food, give me the, right? It's conditioning. It's like, 
Yeah. So they're trying to do everything that they can to get that food. Give me, 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 yeah. give me right? And then as mm -hmm. soon as they get their thing, yes, in their condition. Good place. <laughs> so we're not mm -hmm. saying, good job, Earl. Good boy. Good. We're saying good place. They're trying to isolate. You know, if there's two cups on the wall, one's yellow, one's red, and you say, Billy, grab the cup, grab the red cup, and they grab the yellow one, you go, and you're telling them, no, that's not the right. Well, you got to tell them what the other one is, right? So you can't, you have to isolate good what? What have they done good? Right. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So yeah. I always tell people when you're, when you're teaching new behaviors, mm -hmm. just like with children and with human conditioning, it's, hey, go do this. And then as soon as they're like, is this it? You go, yes, good. And then you, you can then reinforce it again. Good place. So you get that food out. You get that leash out. You get the place mat out. You say, Earl, place. What's that? What's that? What's that? He's, he's so excited to get the food and you give him a little pressure with the leash. He gets onto the place. Yes, good place. And then you pay him. And then you break him. And you just keep doing that. So then he's associating and conditioning. When you say place and he gets on the place, and then he gets rewarded, both both verbally and with food, mm -hmm. he's going to pair the two really nicely. So he knows place means this. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and what do you, um, how do you establish place? Is it just like anywhere that you designate, or do you designate it with a particular... Mm -hmm. Some in some particular way. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I like using anything that's other than the ground. So it's got to be targeted. The more targeted, the okay. better. So like the couch behind uh -huh. you is a really big target because it's off the ground. It's mm -hmm. it's a couch. It's completely different. So right. for my mm -hmm. dogs, um, here's how I do it. I'll get yeah. a I'll get a a placemat and a placemat. So they're elevated beds, just like little trampolines for dogs made out of like oh yeah i saw them in your video yeah yeah, yeah. they're mm -hmm. made out of like canvas mm -hmm. you can get them in all sorts of shapes and sizes and um mm -hmm. so i teach the dog place and once they're going to that place command on command from a distance and they start capturing like this is what place is just like we teach a dog to go to their crate you say go to their crate they go in there and then they get paid bing good conditioning mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. once they're doing that I, I then get a second place out and put them <clears throat> I stand in the middle between both of them and I have my leash on. So one's to my left, one's to my right. The dog's in front of mm. me. And I point to the left one and I say, place. And I say, yes, good place. Mm. And I say, break. Mm -hmm. And then we're off. Now we're neutral again. We're neutral zone. Mm -hmm. And then I point mm -hmm. to the right one and I say, place. And then they go there. And so then I can teach the, and then, and then maybe I'll add a triangle. I'll add one more. Mm -hmm. So basically the dog learns, captures and understands that they go to their place dependent or predicated off of what I point at. So mm -hmm. with my shepherd, I, I can point at a bed or I can point at a, at a table or I could point at a car or a coffee table, anything I can point and say place. And she'll go and jump onto that because gotcha. I okay. taught her that. Mm -hmm. So that's how I do it. And that sometimes takes dogs two days, two weeks, two hours it really just depends on the skill of the handler and the dog's workability and drive mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay okay um and and with the sit the sit command um just um if i'm asking him to sit uh how do i yeah how would i like with place you can direct him to a location but with sit he um he doesn't respond to like the treat 
the thing that I've seen online where you like take the treat and try to get him to like sit while mm-hmm. you're luring him with the treat, like totally yeah. doesn't work. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. so two things is sit, a, sit is very natural for dogs to do, to offer that sit and then you pay them. The other thing is, is I, I don't, you, I don't do sitting that way ever with like dangle the treat in front of their head because it just, it really takes away from the, the actual verbal cue because they're so focused right. on the food being in front of them that they're not listening <coughs> to what you're saying. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, imagine, and you got to think about dogs food drive. If you get a really driven dog, like a dog yeah. that basically is act like they've never eaten before. Imagine if you had a person mm-hmm. that hasn't eaten in a week and you mm-hmm. put a plate of food in front of them and you start telling them about, yeah. you know, this business meeting that you really need to talk to them about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same thing. No, it's no. not going to ever work. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do is mm-hmm. be a little bit more natural with it. So instead of, you know, and I see that all the time and, and, and that really, mm-hmm. it really ruins dogs, um, obedience and their relationship with their owner because it is predicated off of a reward-based system it's great to motivate okay. and to lure and to use yeah. food i do it every day however you got to be mm-hmm. it, it's i've seen food ruin people's training and relationship quicker than anything else because it's such a powerful tool for dogs mm-hmm. so for me mm-hmm. i put a dog on a leash so they can't escape you know and run away because they're like oh this sucks I i'm not getting paid and I just naturally <laughs> will go out and work with the dog. So I'll say, Earl, mm-hmm. sit. And then if he doesn't, I just give him a little pressure on the leash and I may push his rear end down. Yes, good sit. And then I pay him, I tell him good sit. And I just keep doing that. And I won't pay him with food until he actually does it by himself. And that's mm. basically how I do it. So he's learning the actual behavior. And that happens oftentimes mm-hmm. with me. And it's frustrating for me and the dog and the owner because they come in with that really diluted, my dog knows sit only when there's a piece of ham or chicken in front of them and I hold my hand up. Or my dog only yeah. knows down when I lure them into a down. Well, then your dog doesn't know anything. Yeah, you yeah. might as well just yeah. say spaghetti and meatballs with a hand. You could literally take your hand, hold it up and say staples and your dog will sit. Your dog doesn't know sit, right? So the actual behaviors are not captured properly so for me and my dog my dog could be out playing frisbee and i could say her name and tell her to down at any given moment and she'll boop go down and then i'll say sit Mm -hmm. bang she goes back into a sit because she fundamentally knows the behaviors and that's the big problem with you know a seven-year-old with hot dogs in their pocket can lure a dog around to do stuff but it takes a little bit more effort and skill on the on the handler's part to be able to actually teach the dog and capture the dog's behavior. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you have to, so so that's the problem with using positive only treats, you know, all that stuff in the <coughs> beginning without putting any pressure on the dog if they don't know the behavior. Mainly mm-hmm. because they're only doing it cuz you have food. They're not capturing the actual sit. They're just going into so so they're just they're robotically doing it to get paid and then they're off. So people do that all the time. Yeah. They they hold their hand up. The dog sits. The dog sits for two seconds. They take the food and they walk away. And they're like, oh, look what I did. You did nothing. You did nothing. You could have said picture frame, hold your hand up. The dog sits. And not only that, but then the dog broke immediately after because they only care about the food. And once they get what they want, they're done with you. They don't care about you. Mm-hmm. So for me mm-hmm. and my dogs, when I say sit, they don't move until they break them. Right. <laughs> the sit is right. sit. Because right. they're taught right. that. They were taught found fundamentally. You know, just like yeah. just like with kids, go to your room. It's not step one foot in and then come back out. What? No. 
go right. there because I said, right. you know, and, it, and it's really about control and respect and discipline and all that stuff. So you just have to be really careful right. how you do that. Okay. So, um, so you would have him on the leash and make sure and, um, and not pay him until he actually sat and maybe sometimes guide him to sit like, yeah, just using, your, just like, using the leash pressure. Yeah. And, and, and you're, and just, and just using your hand maybe on his rear end to like, you know, get him into a sit. Yeah. You know, just okay. like, just like anything uh -huh. else, right? Like a yeah. kid's learning how to yeah. swing a baseball or baseball bat or golf or, you know, whatever you, you got to show. No, not like you got to touch them and say, cause they're like, I don't know what to do. What's sit? What's right. that? You have to you show have them. To show you them. them to yeah. yeah right. You don't want to like right. that makes sense. force them, you know, to a point where they're like really pushing them down. Cause that's, not, you just reset you try to do it differently and you have to be creative to do it. But if you can get, yeah, totally. if you can give them a little pressure on their rear end mm -hmm. and pull up on their collar both ways and you say sit and they sit, yes, good sit. And then you break them. Oh, oh, yeah. right. The, okay. Doing it both ways. Okay. Cause yeah, whenever there's food around too, he just, I mean, he's not going to do anything for me if the food is out. Um, typically cause he'll, he just wants to yeah. jump for the food. Yeah. yeah. You'd, mm -hmm. you'd be surprised mm -hmm. how many dogs they come in for, you know, this behavioral stuff and you'd be surprised how many, I can't work on behavioral stuff if your dog won't sit. You know, they come in, my dog mm -hmm. goes sit down, stay, and I get them out and I say, Fido sit. And they're looking at me like I had 10 heads. And then the owners are over there scraping for their, oh, hold on. And they're getting their bags of food. And I said, no, I'll keep your food. I said, it's fine. But I said, we can't move forward. Your dog doesn't know anything. And it's embarrassing for them. It's kind of awkward for me because I'm, I'm pointing out something that they're like, holy crap, this is crazy. And I'm like, you, you right. have to like, like spend some more time building foundation. Like don't, people are so quick to grab that bag of hot dogs for a carnivorous diet of like an animal. It's like, they're going to do anything for you, but they're not doing it for you. They're doing it for the food. Try to take that motivation yeah. away and see what your dog does. Sure. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then I'll actually like learn the behavior. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's uh, just kind of like okay. paying somebody to be your friend. It, it's not real. <laughs> right. Right. And then if there's a distraction around, it's like all bets are off. Or yeah. somebody comes up and offers you more money. You're like, I'm their friend instead. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.